While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can join us this evening. I'm glad to be able to say that again. Last night was a little bit tough without the phones, but we have them back, and we also have former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson joining us. Hey, Tom, how are you? Great, Marcus. Uh, it's great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. So, um, President Trump, former President Trump. Uh, has been uh, officially indicted, uh, arrested and indicted uh, uh, today in, in New York City. I think he, his plane landed back in Florida and uh, he may be giving some remarks on this. But what's uh, what's your reaction as someone who is a, you know, a former elected official, a, a longtime Republican and uh, someone who has met uh, Donald Trump and, and worked with him on, on, on more than one occasion? Well, first of all, um, from my perspective, and I've, as you said, I've worked with the, the president closely over the years. And <clears throat> one of the things that strikes me is not just what happened today, but what has been happening to this man since he took office from day one. The, the, the attacks nonstop, day in, day out, the Russian collusion, everything he would do. I remember one point I was at, at the White House and we were, we were presenting a, a plaque to him and he turned to me afterwards and there was some new thing that they came up with, something to do with somebody in his office supposedly. Said, and they said, he turned to me, he said, can you believe this? Here we go again. And, and the reason, and I believe this, Marcus, the reason that we're seeing this, and I think what happened today, I think most Americans can see it for what it is. In my view, and I think probably a lot of people in this country, Democrats, independents, and Republicans see the absolute double standard that goes on in this country. And we're not talking the question of what – I'm not talking about the question of whatever Bragg came up with. I mean, Bragg, when he, when he was first running, said, I, I don't know how I'm going to get the president, but I'm going to get him. Right. And that was when he was running for the office of D.A. He's 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 a George Soros funded D.A. And we know what George Soros has been doing all over the country in regards to bringing in these woke D.A.s that let people out, reduce felonies down to misdemeanors. I mean, we're seeing it time and time again. So this breakdown of the justice system, not only and you're a lawyer, so you, you I'm sure you have a perspective and a, and a, and a good one at that. But. But from my point of view, and I think a lot of Americans are saying, wait a minute, everybody should be treated equally. If everybody, if you, if you, something you've done wrong, okay, you should be held accountable for that. And it shouldn't be based on, on politics, whether or not, you know, we're going to pick and choose which people we want to have to abide by that law and which ones we don't. And I think in this case, it's so blatantly clear. This guy has been trying to go after President Trump 
for a very long time. And um, well, do you think that um, in this particular circumstance, these 34 indictments on the business record of all all business uh, uh, falsifying business record charges, um, do you think on these 34 accounts that these are all sort of come out of thin air, that they're all fabricated? It would be inappropriate for me to make a judgment on that since none of the evidence has come forward on any of these. That I think we all know they're pretty it's, – it's pretty much – I thought a, I was a lawyer. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you are. But, 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 it, but repetitive. You know, the rep- these are repetitive charges. And, and sure. I think you, you've talked to me earlier about this. And yeah. I know I've seen the courts where they'll throw everything out there. Yeah, they, they, a lot of prosecutors do charge, you know, so it's sort of a buckshot uh, type of uh, charging with people with stuff. You, you throw a bunch of charges there and some sticks, some, some don't. Uh, um, but, uh, my my question is, I guess, Alvin Bragg, the, the Manhattan DA, did say he was going to run on charging Trump with a crime. Is it because, so, you know, is it because he wanted to prosecute Donald Trump because it was politically advantageous for him and only that? Or did he know that Donald Trump may have been uh, committed some criminal wrongdoings and he was going to use the power of his office to investigate those criminal wrongdoings and see if uh, he could um, charge him, uh, uh, make him held accountable for that. Fair, fair question, fair question, and one I couldn't answer. He's the only one that can, but I would say this in response to your question. I, I note that he didn't run on on Hillary Clinton's issues. She was a senator out of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, Hillary Clinton... Yeah. Right. Paid a huge fine because of what she did under the Russian collusion issue. Right. And he didn't he wasn't interested in prosecuting that. I mean, that sure. that was so blatant. I mean, yeah. she smashed she smashed phones to cover up, you know, emails and things she had that she wasn't supposed to have. Um, and that goes to my point, Marcus. It, it the, Our system has to be fair. or We have no people are not going to trust our system. And it breaks down the foundation of this nation. If we don't have a country of laws. We're no longer a democracy. We're no longer a republic, in my view. And I think most Americans feel that way. They, they, look, they, there are people that like Donald Trump, people that don't. But how about being – let's be fair about it. Where is where is this outrage? Where is this – if you really wanted to go after a crime, let's start with Hunter Biden. I mean, please. For how long is this going to – where is his laptop? Why hasn't FBI – the FBI has had the laptop forever. And, and and why is it that everything else is getting, you know, sort of leaked out sideways as opposed to the, the one agency that's supposed to be overseeing this prosecution? And that's where people lose faith. If they go, hey, this guy robbed five banks. I'm not saying 100, but let's, for example, guy runs five banks. Uh, another guy who you just don't like, um, you know, p- you know, picked up five candy bars out of a store. You're going to go after the guy for the five candy bars. Well, so um, here's the thing. Uh, do you think it's an opportunity and are you, you know, do you think you'd be encouraging some uh, enterprising uh, Republican DA or Republican attorneys general uh, to pros- try to uh, prosecute Hunter Biden on some of his laptop stuff or, um, you know, uh, what's going on in Ukraine or China or any of that? No, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't encourage some some prominent Republican to do that. I would encourage anybody that that is in the judicial process that has the authority 
to to investigate and prosecute to do it. I don't care what their party is. I care. And this is, goes to my point. You raise a, a very good, interesting point. It isn't the problem I think we have in this country is because it's based on that back and forth. It's based on Republicans. Whether you're Republican, okay, let's go after the Democrat. Or whether you're a Democrat, go after the, how about just whether or not the American system is going to be a system that is going to be fair and apply equal justice across the board? I mean, Lady Justice had, as uh, is, is, you know, uh, a scale that she carries. Right. right. And that, that was the, that was the symbol of what our country was supposed to be basing our justice system on. We can't politicize it because we people are losing faith in our process and they will not get they will just give up on it and we're going to have we're going to have anarchy in this country before long we're here with former uh, bristol county sheriff tom hodgson we're also Mm -hmm. taking your calls at 508-996-0500 let's in fact go to the phones good evening you're live yeah good evening marcus and good evening tom hi caller how are you uh well it's very troubling times we're living under you know uh I was uh, I was watching uh, Washington Journal on C-SPAN, and uh, he was reading because he they normally put all the newspapers out front, and uh, they were talking about uh, the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, thirty-four uh, uh, counts of uh, business fraud, the indictment uh, it was being talked about, and then I was listening to I was watching Fox News, and Bill Hemmer from Fox News says that Yahoo News. Uh, leaked uh, this 34 count indictment uh, last night. Um, I don't know. It's all been publicized now. Yeah, um, it, it, it it's was been unsealed. There was, but prior to that, there, there were they, they had already been leaking. It was 34 counts. Sure. The question was though, and and I think that that the caller makes a good point. I don't think you can de- necessarily say that that Bragg's the one that leaked it. It could have been someone in his office. It could have been Secret Service. It could yeah. have been FBI. It could have been anybody, any court officers that may have had some knowledge. Yeah. It is hard. The point is it shouldn't have been leaked. Sure. And the well, caller makes a good point. Well, the other thing is that uh, the Trump defensive team, uh, as far as the uh, Stormy Daniels and, uh, you know, and this uh, $198,000 non-disclosure agreement, now that she uh, has given that money back to Trump, uh, it's been seven years ago, so the, the, the Trump defensive team is uh, filing a, dis, a, uh, a grounds of dismissal, a motion rather. Uh, first of all, it passes the statute of limitations. And secondly, uh, this jurisdiction that he's trying to say that uh, Donald Trump, the 34, uh, the 34 counts of, of uh, business fraud, and he's trying to uh, link it with the 2016 election. That uh, presidential elections are a federal. It's it's a federal election. Nice. He wasn't running for a state office uh, in in the state of New York, whether it's a governor or a state representative seat. So he doesn't have the, juris- the jurisdiction to enforce uh, federal law. So he's he's clearly out of bounds. Um. Well. Yeah, uh, it you know it's in service to the federal. It's in service to the. It's it's um it's. It's in service to covering up another crime. I don't think he needs to enforce that crime. Uh, I think uh, the I think a lot of this actually is pinned on the fact that Michael Cohen was convicted federally of that crime. I, I think well, that's probably what a lot of it's pinned on. And that's a good charges. But and, and in fairness, and to, to your point, Marcus, that yeah, I mean, 
there's a guy, there's a witness, his his key witness is a guy who's perjured himself how many times? Yeah, uh, no, it's true. It's a weakness you in know, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know better than anybody's a lawyer yeah. with the, you know, the different aspects yeah, yeah. of it. But, it. but it is true that, you know, when you think about this this uh, whole issue of of the federal case, he never mentioned the federal case today at all. Sure. He said he didn't need to. Um, and maybe your point is is exactly what he's thinking the same way. Nobody really seems to know. That's why it's still early. But it, it's well, the all... thing is, uh, Tom, this case is being brought forward by Karen McDougal, Michael Cohen. Like yeah. you said, he's prejudiced himself. He's not really a reliable witness. Stormy Daniels, you know, they gave back the hush money. And, uh, you know, uh, the DA, uh, Alvin Braggs, is trying to cite... Uh, New York State Law, Article 175 of the Penal Law, uh, trying to get him uh, on this lying, uh, li- 34 con- counts of lying, uh, what he called a lie, the falsifying uh, uh, business records. So, he, and he went on to say at his press conference today, D.A. Bragg, uh, that he's trying to tie this up to uh, the 26th uh, presidential run, which he's out of jurisdiction. And this is just making a mockery of the whole uh, judicial system, the law of, of our law system. You're absolutely right, Tom. This is just goose chasing. Yeah. Well, uh, he's got a record of he's got a record of of maybe not applying the the laws as I think most people would would want it applied, particularly when it comes to what's happening in New York with all the crime all over the streets, and this is his priority. Well, this is just uh, politicization of the the Department of Justice. You know, I I never thought our country would reach this point. Uh, This is, uh, it's very, very sad. And I hope that, uh, you know, Americans wise up to what's going on. It's dirty politics, using politics to go after political opponents. Caller, I appreciate it. Uh, We we got some other calls on the line. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live with. I'm doing doing well with this new phone. You're Good evening. You're live with with uh, former <laughs> Sheriff Hodgson. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't use your forehead, Marcus. Use a finger. <laughs> How's it going, Don? All right, guys. Hi, yeah, Colin. no, I'm I'm really confused. When I heard um, the 34 counts being read off, aren't you supposed to be made aware of the elements of the crime? You know, fraud committed by X, Y, and Z. Fraud committed by. ABC, well, there's a state. There's a statement, and there's a there's a um, there's a brief statement of facts, a brief synopsis of facts under the indictments, and there is an accompanying statement of facts with the indictment. So, um, uh, I mean, it's not like he doesn't know. You know, he's not coming in here not knowing what the basis of the charges are, the basis that they're they're putting forward. Okay, because uh, I've, I've had situations with police officers there. They just say uh, disorderly conduct, and then they they're challenged. No. Disorderly conduct of the crime. Disorderly conduct is is something that can be arbitrarily applied in a lot of circumstances. It is a it is a misdemeanor. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, but then then they have to cite exactly what it was because it is specific in nature. Yeah, or yeah. trespassing or something like that. Now, it's puzzling to me. The uh, prosecutor does he take and swear under pains and penalty of perjury? that the information that he's putting forth before the court is true. What, what do you mean? The prosecutor? In other words, he, he swears to the fact he certifies that the information that are in the uh, statements, uh, the indictment, are true based upon no, you know, knowledge that he has. To the best of his... To, to of the the the, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's... Yeah, it's, it's, presu- it's, presu- yeah it's presumed, um, you know. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. 
you know, doing sure. doing otherwise could could jeopardize his his legal licensure. You know, no, because it, it just it just bugs the hell out of me. I believe that the IRS can take and send you a notice to appear based upon they have some concerns over your tax return. But when you and I do a tax return, Marcus and Tom, we have to swear and certify that what we're sending in is true to the best of our knowledge. And you, I don't like that. Well, I can tell you, you know, when you when you when you become an attorney, you take an oath. Yeah. Um, uh, just to just to get the license, and then he gets he, he has to take another oath as as Manhattan DA. And there's also professional rules of conduct in every state that you have to abide by in order to keep your license. And one of those would be, um, you know, uh, I think a certain level of honesty um, to not, uh, you know, knowing you know knowingly falsify uh, criminal charges against somebody. So if well, you know if if he were to be doing that, then I think there would be uh, probably some some. Um, some some hearings uh, on you know on his licensure uh, provided. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know that uh, the prosecutors and such are held to higher standards because yeah. you can really destroy a person's life by bringing false charges. And I agree with you. What's the old What's the old saying? It's better that ten guilty go free than one innocent suffer. I agree. The trials and tribulations. So that's that's where I was going with all this. But okay. that's it, guys. From here. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Thanks a lot. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm going to screw it up at least once, but hey, how's it going? Good. Marcus, my name is Ron. I used to call you quite a bit and encourage you when you first started your show. Yes. And uh, I, appreciate I would it. often say that we may disagree, but it was always good to have you on with an opposing view and also that you're a gentleman, too. And that appreciate that. Because of that, things can be walked through. Sheriff Tom Hodgson, I am so glad to have you here on the radio. I, I uh, have the utmost respect for both of you gentlemen, and I'm so glad that we're talking about what we're talking about and doing the things that we are doing right now. Right here on this radio station, this is fantastic. This is how things get resolved. Yep. This is how we move forward, not backward. Gentlemen, keep up the good work. I'm glad to have both of you here tonight. Thank Thanks you, Paul. Appreciate it. You know, the, 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 nice, nice, kind words, and, and he's right. You know, you and I have talked about this, and Chris and others. Ra talk radio. Is is really the the roadway back to, to reclaiming America? Yeah, I, you know I think you you obviously wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that. And, yeah, yeah. And and people can call in; they can have different points of view, but you can do it respectfully. Yeah. And uh, and when they have radio talk show hosts like you and Chris, who can who can do that? Who can? It it really is a shining example that people need to see night after night after night, and it's really very very important for America. I appreciate that. It's true. So we're here with Sheriff Hodgson. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can uh, join us this evening. We've got some app chat messages, and I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break, and then we'll read those, and we'll uh, continue to take your calls here on this historic evening. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. We're here with our uh, special guest host, uh, uh, Bristol, former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Uh, we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us this evening. We're rea reacting to uh, President Trump's uh, arrest, a uh, formal arrest and indictment today. Good evening. Marcus. Hey, what's up? Barry. Hey, how are you? Um, I call it's Barry. Are you there, Marcus? Yep, Barry. What's up? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, hey, you're uh, good. Tom, how, how are you, Sir Tom? Good. How are you? You there? Barry? Barry. Was it something I said? 
<laughs> I think um, I think he's got to call back. All right, I did that right. I think. So, um, there you go. Oh, okay, okay, we got it. So, and air, air. <laughs> we go, uh, Barry. Oh, hello. Marcus, are you there? I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. What's up, Barry? Yep. Uh, so, first of all, you guys have the best uh, made-for-TV voices. I, I just want to compliment <laughs> you on that. And, and you're very welcome in, in, our, in our homes. So, real quick, um, you know, and Sheriff Tom, you, you, on a national level, you would know uh, uh, with the National Association of Counties, much bigger than, than what we have here in Massachusetts. And a couple of things. I just wanted to tie this together with, with the uh, four-year term uh, of the mayor and, and Brian Gomes's article. Um, on a national level, I think we see more four-year terms uh, for mayors. You would, you would agree, right, uh, uh, Tom? Yes. Yeah. And um, it, it's – but by the same token, with our city council, you know, we're kind of corrected or compromised because they're, they're, they're a weak city council and um, – it's just, uh, you know, to me, I, I thought that the article with Brian Gomes was a good article, but by the same token, um, I, I'm not really sure on a national level, you know, when you have a four-year term on some of the major cities, and maybe that's what we're trying to emulate here in New Bedford, but their city councils seem to be stronger uh, city councils. And Tom, by the way, you know, Maybe you can expound. You were also a city councilor, too. I was, you know, and and so for speaking from both experiences, um, <clears throat> one of the one of the when you when you're in an executive position, from my point of view, uh, the four years gives you time to drill into the issues and and really look at long term planning, not being interrupted by every two years having to run for office. And Congress is is similar. It's it's. You know, they're, they're constantly raising money every Friday. That's what they do. They raise money. They raise money instead of being focused on the people's work. Um, but when they got to donate, like they got to dedicate like hours and hours to just calls yeah, for fundraising. Calls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think probably a lot of people aren't aware of that. But but it is a distraction when you have to run because you have to be not that. And the counselors are out all the time at different events all during the year at night and so forth. But then when you're running for election. You have to double down even more. Um, in, a, in a mayoral position, if you have to do that every two years, it's the same problem. It, it, you can't get traction. You can't get traction. You can't drill in, have real meetings, sit down, and go through as much as they may want to. Unfortunately, um, they, they have to get elected. So they have to be out there knocking on doors, talking to people, being at events. And there's a balance there. And I think when you have more time to drill into issues, it's easier to sort of spread that out, balance it out over a period of time, and really deliver for the people that put you there and expect you to get the job done. So, Sheriff, I mean, after being on a national level and doing everything that you've done, and thank you for all of that, sir. Well, but thank would, you. Would, you, would you also agree that, you know, that maybe, and having served as, as a, a great city council for us, wouldn't you, wouldn't you also agree that maybe it's just as important for us to um, – you know, you, you look at Worcester, where, where they have a Class C form of government. You look at even Fall River. They have more uh, powerful, more powers in their city council. And I'm not saying we need a city manager, 
but with a check and a balance because our city councilors, other than ratifying the budget, what else really, you know what I mean? Can you explain that to the, the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a, there's a number of different thoughts on it. But, you know, if you went to a three-year term for council, it gives you a longer period of time. The, the, the problem always is that you have shorter periods of time. And I think when there's a longer relationship between the executive and the and the legislative branch, there tends to be a greater opportunity to sit down more and do more meetings and, you know, compromises and give, you know, back and forth. But take when, away the revolving door. Yeah. And when you don't have that, it makes it more difficult to, to run a sort of seamless, as best you can, seamless municipal government. Understood. Well, guys, uh, thank you for bringing all the, um, the, you know, all the issues to light. And, uh, well, thanks for your on. great questions. Those are great questions. Very, very thanks, Barry. Thank you. Thanks, Appreciate sir. It. Thanks, Barry. Um, so we got some app chat messages, too, that we want to read. Uh, we've got, uh, today we have lost our democracy. Um, I'm glad this circus has become public. Do you think we've lost our democracy, uh, Sheriff? I don't know that we've lost our democracy, I, but I do think we've reached a we've reached a, a, a low point that has gotten people to finally take a hard, hard look at what, what does our democracy represent? What does our legal system really represent uh, on behalf of all of us? And is it is it when I think the person may be referring to I can't speak for them, obviously, but when they say we've lost our democracy, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. You can't have a democracy if you don't have uh, a country of laws and a judicial mm-hmm. system that that is equally applied across the board, because then it becomes subjective and people lose faith in the entire democracy in the system and they don't believe in it anymore and that's that's really i think at the heart of what this is about it's it's the the double standard the hypocrisy that we've watched over these years of with this group over here don't worry about it pay no attention you know i i mentioned this on some i was doing a radio row in washington uh i think last year the year before and i was doing stations all over the country from interview to interview mm-hmm. and in each one of them i said we were right down the street from the white house and i said I never thought in my lifetime that I would be living the script of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> but think about it. It's, it, you know, and, and I never mentioned any names. I just said we have, we have the scarecrow who had no brain. We have the, we have the tin man with no heart and we have the lion with no courage. I said, and being funny, I yeah. said, and I'm not even going to go there about the Wicked Witch of the West. I ne- <laughs> but I never mentioned any names, but I did say at the end of it, but don't forget. Don't forget the guy standing there behind that curtain telling you pay no attention to what's going on behind this curtain. And that's what that's what's happened in Washington. And I don't care, Republicans, Democrats, it's as soon as something is a problem politically, look over here. Look over here. Hunter Biden. Don't don't look there. Look over here. Um, Joe Biden. Whatever it is, look over here. And and it and it if you really look at it, I think people have gotten so distrustful around government because they can't really focus. These people are constantly controlling it. But here's something I think it's really important, Marcus, and I say this all the time. Just look at the fentanyl problem. If you and me live in the same neighborhood, and we've had five young adults die in our neighborhood over the last six months, and we talk about it every day, and we go, you know what? This is crazy, you know. Fentanyl is pouring in the country. Nobody's doing. It. Congress hadn't done anything for twenty-five years to stop this stuff, not just fentanyl, but all drugs. You know, and you know, this is a problem. When do we become complicit? 
when do we become responsible for why those five kids and the next five are going to die? Because we sat here and all we did was talk about it, and we're the ones that control it. The reason we control it is because we allow these people to continue serving in Washington on both sides of the aisle that are not doing our work, don't care about these people, the 100,000 that are dying every year, just fentanyl alone. And we, we just basically talk about, oh, this is terrible. This is awful. Well, when, when, when is it? When are we going to look in the mirror and go, wait a minute, this is our fault. Yeah. We're, we're allowing these people to keep doing this to us. And like I said, how, you know, at what point are we going to get tired of the, repa- the replays of The Wizard of Oz? You know, it's funny with The Wizard of Oz. I remember seeing, um, I watched it when I was like later in life, you know, when I was a little bit more cognizant of what was, you know, what was going on in the world. And there was this, uh, when they're getting all their, you know, when they meet, finally meet the wizard and all that, and they find out he's a fake and, um, Tin Man wants a, wants a brain. Uh, or no, uh, no Scarecrow, Scarecrow wants a brain. Sorry. Yeah. Scarecrow wants a brain. Um, uh, he says there's plenty of people like you who don't have a brain, but what they have and you don't have is a PhD. And he gives them like, uh, he gives yeah. them a PhD <laughs> and he, he just starts saying a bunch of yeah, like yeah. academic nonsense. <laughs> so, uh, we got, we got some more app chat messages we're going to get to, but we got some calls as well. We're going to take one more call before we get ahead of break. So good evening. You're live with, uh, Sheriff Hodgson. Former. Good evening, Former gentlemen. Sheriff. We keep the title. Hey, good Hi, evening. How are you calling? Good, thank you. Uh, Marcus, I like you. I respect you. I listen to you most nights. Thank but you. I probably disagree with you about 95% of the time. Well, I appreciate you listening. But you still listen. Yeah. That's great. And, and, and that's, that's great. Perhaps that's, a le- that's perhaps a left-handed compliment. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff Hudson, thank you for your many years of service. Well, thank you, sir. I saw on... I saw, I, I believe it was on YouTube. It, it absolutely nauseated me. There was a clip last week of uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the oh. Secretary of Homeland Security. Yep. And Senator Ted Cruz from Texas turned around and brought up a diagram of the cartel bracelets. Uh, and he asked Mayorkas, did he recognize them or did he know what they were about? And Mayorkas said, no, he did not. And, and I was hoping you could, like, kind of, like, put it out there a little more about the what we're dealing with in this country. You know? Secretary Mayorkas is a poster child for everything that's wrong in, in the Biden administration and what's wrong in this country. He has looked the American people in the eye. I've been to the border four times. I've seen those bracelets. I've been in the processing centers. I've re- been with patrols up and down the Rio Grande and, and flown over by helicopter. And I'm going to tell you something. This guy who's supposed to be head of DHS with the biggest problem facing our nation. If, if these people that were coming across the border every day in the numbers they are were wearing uniforms, we'd have our military down there in a heartbeat because we'd call it an invasion, and it is, and it is. And Mayorkas would continue to try to look the American people in the eye and, and, and basically, not basically, just blatantly lie. And I've dealt with this man one-on-one on numerous occasions. And the last time I did, I called him out down in Washington in front of all the sheriffs. And he did what he always does. He never follows through, never calls back, never, ever addresses the issues. And I don't say this uh, about people unless it's really just so bad and so so honestly true. This man is a liar and he intentionally misleads people in this country and has no no qualms about it, no guilt feelings about it. He's done it with me personally in, in, in meetings in Washington. This man doesn't belong where he is, and he needs to be impeached. 
and uh, and and look, I can put up with anybody in government that maybe doesn't understand something, but they're trying. This man is not trying. He's intentionally doing this to mislead people. And for him not to know about those bracelets, I mean, that is a, that's a basic, one basic part of what, what goes on with the cartels down there that's been going on for years. So we got to take this break. We appreciate the call. We got to take this. We got to take this break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. They know the local issues from the inside out, and they call it like they see it. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow are back with more South Coast tonight on WBSM. All right, we're back. Welcome to South Coast tonight. It's uh, me and. Former Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. I've got some app chat messages. Roll backed up, so I'm going to read them, you know, as much as I can, honestly. Uh, so You're a pretty good reader. I'm try- yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, got another, uh, got one, uh, says Soros didn't fund Bragg. Trump uh, and his teams are, Trump and Trump's team is the one who's been leaking uh, the information. Um, I mean, Trump's team could be leaking the information to sort of get ahead of it. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, could be making leaks. That that could be it as well. I'm um, not sure the source part, but and I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I think I made it clear that I didn't say Bragg leaked it. Right? It could have been anybody. Could have been FBI. Could have been Secret Service court officers. Could have been anybody. So I'm not. Well, he's saying now. He's saying Bragg's not funded by Soros. Well, that's um, not true. His campaign. His campaign. Well, his his daughter. daughter Soros Ron's is kind son. of a boogeyman, isn't he? For any Democrat that you guys don't like. No. Soros was involved in my campaign. Yeah, I know. And so was Bloomberg. So was Bloomberg. But I, I, I look. He's, it's not about Bloomberg. Him Bloomberg was 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 yeah involved. Yeah, sure. they, 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 which is fine. That's look. They, that's their that's their right. I'm just saying, George Soros. It's well known that George Soros is under has funded all these different DAs. And and uh, if you, if if the individual goes back and looks, you'll find that George Soros' son and I think it's his daughter-in-law were were very much involved. Um, so, uh, we've got another one from Caregiver in New Bedford. It's wondered, wonderful to have both of you together on the show. You both emulate dignity that we use when we have differences. You remind me of Tip and the Kipper when politics worked. Um, that's a good point. That's a nice compliment. Uh, that's a nice compliment. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Well, and it's the way it should be, right? We talked about that, right? Talk radio is going to be the thing that is going to get people to be able to call in and feel. Because I don't think, I don't know how you feel, Marcus, but. I don't think people feel like there's a place they can go anymore and have a different opinion without getting woked out or yelled at or or, or feel like they can't at least express their opinion without without something, you know, people giving them a hard time. My my position is, um, before we hit this break, my position is uh, local talk radio is the best medium um, because uh, it is the one that talks about the things that are closest to you, yeah. which, um, you know, the national stuff is more sensationalizing than anything else uh but you know we like to talk about the the real local issues and those are the things that really have an impact on your day-to-day life so in terms of yeah and you know you want to get the left or right reaction to um uh you know so the boilerplate left or right reaction to everything that's going on nationally then you can tune into msnbc or or fox news um cnn or whatever but if you want uh some local stuff that's really going to matter really going to impact your day-to-day life and you want to hear about it you can tune into programs like this and and, and uh and, and our day day programs as and, well and it doesn't have to fall into the category of left or right right it's just that you differ you can have a different yeah. point of view i think sometimes we label the left and right part and people get caught into that instead of just okay you have a different point of view about the mayoral term or you have a different point of rent, rent, rent control whatever okay and i might have a different point of view okay we can we can debate that and argue it but we don't 
we can do what Tip and uh, Tip and um, and uh, Ronald Reagan did. I don't know if you drink bourbon, but they, <laughs> they play cards. Not anymore. But they, but they used. <laughs> but they used to, but they, go, they go. They would argue vociferously during the day. But they remembered that was that was just about what's the best ultimate solution we're going to come up with if we're willing to listen to each other. Right. Still have our different points of view. Nothing wrong with that. We got to take a break. We'll be right. And we're back. Um, so uh, you're you're actually filling in for Ken on Saturday, uh, right, uh, Sheriff? Yeah, I'll be filling in from nine to twelve. Oh, okay, and uh, you've got a good guest lined up? I have a guest lined up at uh, 10 o'clock, and uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation about what's happening in Africa in relation to the human trafficking, organ trafficking that's going on, sex trafficking, and and um, and actually some real other things that people aren't aware of in regards to to um, the killing of people and the, the skinning of them and then sending it off to a country that, that actually... Uh, find skin to be a delicacy, which is hard to believe. That is, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, fortunately after you eat your breakfast, we'll be having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, 508-996-0500, also taking your messages on the uh, WBSM app chat. Uh, someone else not bad in Oak Bluffs. Uh, I absolutely agree with your previous caller regarding both of you two being gentlemen when discussing the issues each of you may not see the same way. This is great talk. This is a great talk radio show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's very kind. So, um, we're you know the share, uh, the 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 president is going to speak at some point soon. Uh, we're going to react to that as well. Looks like Marjorie Taylor Greene is there. Cool. Uh, and um, you know, uh, we'll be we'll be reacting to this. This is a historic day. I mean, this has never happened ever. (laughs) And hopefully it'll never happen again uh, from my perspective. Maybe. Yeah. Depends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't think Obama's going to get in again, do you? Well, Well, someone was like, you know, I've I've seen that point. Well, why don't they just start prosecuting all the presidents? I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. (laughs) But doesn't that that speak to what we talked about? People are losing faith in the system. Okay, there's this inequity here. So, you know what, we need to level the playing field. People are angry, and and they have a right to be. We should never be at this point in this nation, ever, have gotten to this point. And we got to reclaim it, and we will. We're America. Yeah, we're America. I wish I shared your sunny disposition. <laughs> well, in time, in time, in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're ending the hour here. Um, I'll see you guys on the other side of the uh, of the eight o'clock hour. Just stay stay tuned for the news, and then uh, we'll be here. We'll take your calls and app chat messages on South Coast tonight. <laughs>